Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, excited, October, we're here for our 85th podcast, Troy Malcolm tells us, how are you gentlemen? What about the weekend of sport? Doesn't matter what sport you followed, rugby, AFL, NFL, NRL, it was a huge weekend and uh, I think Troy goes, and this is nothing against the Cowboys because they are sensational and deserved everything, but on paper, you would have said at the beginning of the year, they wouldn't have been red hot favourites to win, but they played more like a team. I think, Tom, you and I talk about this a lot. It's, you know, whether you're a real estate company or a, or a football team, it's, teamwork is a very underrated. A lot of people think, all I've got to do is live in my own world, live in a vacuum, do great work, go and get my own listings. Yeah. If you can combine and help the person next to you and they do vice versa and the person sitting opposite you, enormous opportunity. And I think it was great to see... Um, a team like the Cowboys that are a, were a very good team, but probably on paper there were several that you would have rated above them, just yeah. in, in player roster. And they've kind of, they've brained it. They have brained it. And I'm really delighted. And, of course, the Australian, the Wallaby team. We saw Michael Checker, who is a good friend of our businesses. Um, and uh, he has done great work with the Aussies in less than 12 months in getting them ready for this big event. Yeah. So, um, John, and uh, for our uh, Adelaide and Melbourne listeners, which uh, were very interested in uh, the AFL. Yeah. Hawks, was that three in a row? Three in a row. Three in a row. Incredible. So there's, there's, a, there's another learning, because Buddy Franklin, who'd had to be the highest profile AFL player, leaving, leaving the Hawks, mm-hmm. um, and he's been a great acquisition for, uh, for Sydney, but you look at Hawks um, have been able to move on from losing a big star and as a team, Mm, go off and mm. win, you know, um, two AFL grand finals uh, without him. So I think you're absolutely right, John. You can you can sit down and say, if you look at dollar value of a player, there was no reason why North Queensland, when someone opened up um, the Daily Telegraph uh, round fixtures at the start of 2015, on paper, you would not... Wouldn't have picked them. Yeah. And early in the year, I think they lost their first three. I mean, I remember I was up with our Townsville team opening, well, first uh, first year anniversary, sorry, not opening, a year anniversary. And, and I think at that point, South had won our first three, and um, Townsville had lost their first three. lost their first three. And yep. it was kind of interesting, because I sort of, I made a... A cheeky comment, which I'm sure I'll regret, which all my Townsville team members have <laughs> reminded me of via email the day after the grand final. But um, no, it is uh, it is interesting. Well, it I is think interesting. the most interesting part about it was the fact that everyone did their job, um, even to the last 15 seconds of the game where Jonathan Thurston passed the ball to to Morgan. Um, there was a play there that he knew that he had to commit that player, commit the next player, then throw a flip ball, flip pass to the winger to score in the corner. Commitment across the board to know your job and when to do it correctly speaks volumes, not only in football and any professional sport, but also in real estate. Yeah. Um, making sure you're doing everything We should do a correctly. sports podcast. We should. Yeah. We should. Forget real estate, real because estate. we're clearly not very good at real no. estate. <laughs> and in fact, we're not much better at sport, but perhaps... Uh, well, I was, I was asked, as, you know, a, a couple of years ago at News Corp as part of my personal <laughs> development plan. They said, you know, Tom, you know, what are you know the next areas that you know you want to uh, uh, branch out to and, and develop your career here? And I said, oh, I want to become the uh, sports sports writer. Well, that, that's. And, um, I mean, we might need that that skill you and I going forward. They asked. They asked for a bit of my experience. <laughs> I had strong opinions on lots of subjects, but. They but to Troy's point, because I always love rapping, because 
you know, my, my background was sports, and Troy's background was very, uh, very successful and, in the world of sports. Rugby league players, both of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I, I think about, and I remember someone said, and I think they were talking about Bennett, but they could have been talking about either coach because both teams played magnificently. And they were saying that one of his philosophies is basically, you know, in a real estate cliche, um, learn it to a point where it's all subconscious and, you, you know, your muscles just do what they know they have to do. You don't have to think about, should I go left, should I go right, should I chip it, should I run it? Your kind of intuition takes over. And I think in the world of real estate, that's why we talk about, you know, learn the scripts that we tell you until you forget them. Because what you don't want to do is sound like a robot. Yeah. You don't, the client doesn't want to hear a robot. Um, you don't want to be a robot. You want to be your true, authentic self. But having a, a direction... So it's like the players, they do so many drills day in, day out. When it gets to game day, their body just kind of moves to intuition and it knows what it should be doing. And it knows intuitively, do we go left, do we go right, do we sort of, you know, go on the offense or the defense. So interesting, interesting. And the other thing which I thought also, I was watching, uh, there's a great show called Backpage. I don't know if you watch it on Channel yes. 2, I think. Well, it might be Fox Sports. It's just one of those great shows about sport and um, it's on every week. And they were saying they, they think um, that the problem for the Broncos when they started playing defensively, they were defending their lead. So again, I bring it back into real estate. There are some real estate people who have had terrific years, terrific two or three years, some of them. Irrespective of what happens to the market, because we know on, on Million Dollar Agent, we all know the market's irrelevant. It's what yeah. you're doing inside the market that's relevant. I mean, you have to be on the offense. You have to be growing your business. You have to be chasing listings as hard as you chased them three years ago or 13 years ago, or in my instance, 32 years ago. You, you have to be growing because someone else is growing around you. So I think, yeah, there's so much we can learn, but what a feast. We're just yeah. when, you know, Too much football is never enough, right, Troy? <laughs> so we've got, uh, just for the in your own info, guys, and we're going to move on to our, our best uh, uh, books that we're going to recommend that we've read ourselves because that's been one of the things been asked in the podcast. I want to let you know that whilst I may not have played great football like like you two gentlemen, I did for Kingsgrove North High School, which is a school I went to. Yes. Um, Commonwealth Bank Cup. Yep. 1984. Yes. Uh, without having played uh, many uh, games of rugby league, I was asked to be rugby the, league. Yes. So this is rugby. The Commonwealth yeah. Bank Cup remember, rugby yeah. league. Yeah. Um, I was asked to uh, uh, be part of the team that was playing a, an important game and I got uh, 10 minutes and I didn't drop the ball once. <laughs> what was I, your position? I went in on the wing. Yeah. It was a sound game. Um, I uh, made no mistakes. Um, I never got asked to go back again. <laughs> And I continued on with my other interests. But I want to let you know that we've all played league all at some sort of level, good. okay? Um, so tell me about reading books, because we're about to talk about that. Are you a Kindle kind of Apple iBook guy, or are you a um, okay, hardcover book? So uh, the way I do it, John, is on 50-50. 50% of the books I read are books that I go in at a bookstore, normally at an airport. Yep. And I spend a lot of time... Great place to read, isn't yeah, it, on planes? I find, if, John, if I've got uh, 15 or 20 minutes, I'll find that I'll go to the bookstore versus the Qantas Club yeah. because it's closer to the gate that you've got to go. Yeah. Um, and I just like to look at... And, it, and sometimes 
you know what it's like, Troy. You buy a book just because of what you read on the back page or, or the cover or the title. And a lot of the books, John, that I buy, I don't read to the end. I notice I read the first few chapters. You skim, a scan. I do the same. Yeah. I, I probably read 33% of any book I buy. And, and that's because I look at a chapter and I start reading and I think, you know, it's kind of an area where I feel comfortable or an area I'm not interested in. And I'll flick and find a chapter that I'm really into. So, you know, and a lot of my, the books that I read, Tom, are, are non-fiction books, probably a bit like you guys, because I'm actually fascinated in personal growth stories, in, in, in what strategies people adopt that work and so forth, you know, like you guys. And, no, no I, I think, you know, balanced is all good, you, you know, if you can do a bit of fiction as well, but I don't have enough time actually to... No, and read. I just want to add, because I think it's a useful tip or hack for people that aren't doing it. If you're using an iPhone or an iPad, you buy the book from Amazon and it gets uploaded onto the Kindle version of your iPad or iPhone and I find that I read half of my books that way. Even and I don't have a six plus the biggest screen, but I can I was I was in Bali for for the week and most of the books I was reading is while you listen to music, you can be on your Kindle reading yeah, a yeah. book. And I find it um, well, well tablets nowadays are great. I mean they're correct. the size of a book you can actually increase for, for old guys like me, you can increase the size of font. And I love that thing on the Apple iBooks. I'm sure Kindle's got it where you can highlight and it saves them all in a space. Because yeah. I love going, so the old-fashioned version, which I still do today, is highlight pen, highlight pen, and then go back, read it a second and third time, just stopping at the highlights. But now, of course, you can actually save it in and you can then share that with people. And I find it's a fantastic way. because The other one that I use, Tom, I'm not much of a reader, but audible.com has changed my outstanding. life. Outstanding. Yeah. Because you can download it. And normally it's in the Wi-Fi section of an airport, download the next book, and if you're on a two or three hour flight to some of the offices that I visit, um, you can get through half a book. So full round trip in a day, six hours, four hours on a plane, you can get through absolutely. Well, remember, Troy, I think we we spoke here a few podcasts ago, maybe, or I don't know, maybe it was at ARIC or somewhere, but, you know, the statistic was that I heard it was something like, if you listen an hour a day to an Audible type book, that's like doing like one or two semesters a year at a university, you know, because you know, two hours a day, that's 10 hours a week and so on and so forth. And, and just imagine, you know, you could, you could do several university courses while you're stuck in the traffic driving to and from work. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. So let's... What was, the first, what was the first great book that you reckon changed your life, Tommy? What was Awaken the Giant Within by uh, Anthony Tony Robbins. Robbins. He'd, he'd written a book called Unlimited Power, yeah. which I'd sort of skimmed through, but Awaken the Giant Within uh, was the first book that got me into the path of understanding that the hand that picks up a book is never the same hand that puts it back down. That was the first time I realised... Great, great saying, great yeah. quote. First time I realised that you're not the same person after you've read a book, and um, Anthony, that, that's a timeless uh, classic, Awaken the Giant Within... Um, whilst I was um, in Bali last week, John, I went through a lot of books, reading through, when you've got time on your hands, I, I just love reading books at the beach. Um, I've got, a, I think, one of the most underrated writers or that people don't know about, I know you know about him, John, because you listen to his podcast, is James Altucher. Oh, yeah, he's great. And he's got um, a book called Choose Yourself, and he's got a series, Choose Yourself Rich, Choose Yourself Wealth, but I think he's outstanding, and he's a person that... Um, doesn't come across as, I mean, we're talking about a guy that's built incredible businesses and sold companies for millions and millions of dollars, yeah, yeah. and he understands the importance of life tens balance. And tens of millions. I mean, I think he's, he's worth $100 million or more. Uh, no, he's great. If, you, if, you, if you're listening to us and you're not listening to Alchitcher, 
start listening to him as well. So, you know, get, get that message. It's John, a very important podcast. John, I want to, and this is not because you're here. I mean, I told you at the time, and I say it to people now, a must read. I think it's the fact that you're from our world and you understand personal development plus skills in real estate equals success. You've written two books, You Inc., and You Don't Have to Be Born Brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think the concepts, and to all our listeners, this is not a infomercial on books because there's no money in books. There's, I mean... Correct. No. I mean, unless you're, uh, you know, sort of an absolute bestseller, hundreds of thousands. Stephen King or someone like that. Yeah, yeah, Dick yeah. Simmons. Or Bryce Courtney, I remember, yeah. I think's passed now, but he was, you know, he, he made money on books. I mean, it's, well, thank you for that. I mean, I, I, yeah, I've written a few, and the first one is You Don't Have to Be Born Brilliant. And I, I actually wrote it because I, I, books had changed my life. And I thought, wow, well, I'd love to try and concentrate all the lessons I've learned through books and other sources and try and then, you know, create my own. Yeah. And just, I always dreamt of walking into a bookstore and seeing, you know, there, hopefully in the bestseller list, you know, one of my books. And I thought that would be like a cool outcome because it's something in life or something I thought that'll be a legacy. And it's you know, fortunate, and, and I wrote it, and, and it sold a few copies, which was nice. But, oh, it's, uh, and it's prominently, uh, John, I, you know, at airports mm-hmm. in the business section. Yeah. Um, I do stumble across your book uh, quite often. Um, I think it, it covered time management. It covered focus. It covered getting the best version of you. It covered communication skills. So I'd urge all our, our listeners to uh, look that up. But what I, about um, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits? That was a great mm. book. I mean, it's funny, the things, because when, when you said to me, let's talk today about those, I, I went back through, you go back through your filing cabinet in your mind, you think, okay, when I started, and I agree with you, Tony Robbins, one of the first. The first one actually for me was um, Napoleon Hill, Thinking think, think think Grow Rich. Right, yeah. That was like, first, and if you, still to this day, I mean, that's now 35 years on, and I think when I'd read it, it was written 40 years before that, that is still one of the great books to read for anyone in any state of business, Think and Grow Rich. And then I think it was Dale Carnegie for me, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which yeah. is kind of a strange title because it sounds almost manipulative if you take it out of context. If you hadn't read the book and someone said, I've just read that, they'd say, what are you, a snake oil salesman? Yeah. But it talks with you know the right intents and transparency and integrity. But it is still to this day one of the great, one of the great um, how-to manuals to get through life, you know, because one of the things I often tell the young guys I'm coaching, I said, you know, intelligence and skill will get you somewhere in life, but nowhere near emotional intelligence, which is your ability to connect with people, yeah. have people like and trust you, have people want to follow you, want to listen to you, want to be around you. I mean, that's what really takes leadership and sales to a new level. So that was, they were two of the great ones. And Stephen Covey, Seven Habits, I mean, I just... So, Just John, that, 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 uh, that Stephen Covey book, The Seven Habits, I mean, um, and those seven habits, and we won't uh, go through them, but I mean, um, some that come to my mind is begin with the end in mind. First thing that I thought of, begin with the end in mind. Yeah. So important to have a good idea of what that final jigsaw puzzle is going to look like because it affects everything that you actually do there. And, yeah. and people that don't have that end vision struggle on a day-to-day basis to make sense with... Because yes. you do go from the heights of exhilaration to the depths of depression in a quick time in real estate. Yeah. And if you're able to have a good view on why you're doing what you're doing, 
Which brings me to um, one that Troy mentioned before the podcast, the why, what you're doing at Simon Sinek. Mm. Start with um, why, and there's a great TED talk from Simon Sinek. Um, John, the one... Leadership, yeah, I remember. Yeah. That's one of the best ever watched TED talks. Yeah, outstanding. Um, the one thing, John, we talked about it at a podcast about six months ago. Gary Keller. Um, Keller Gary Williams. Keller. And this guy is real estate as well. So well, well, he, has the, he now has, apparently, I've seen it, so their press releases say, the largest real estate company on, in the plan, on the planet, in the world, um, Keller Williams. Started, well, when I say not that long ago, it was probably 20 years ago, but you know, not 200 years ago. Um, great business, um, based in America, but now expanding to Europe. Um, I think 115,000 agents, Troy, or thereabouts. Yeah, just over that, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just really, I mean, the one thing, so basically the concept is, you know, it, A, it's what you focus on, B, is it's, it's prioritization, it's those sort of things that are really critical. and. And yeah, in, in some of the talks that I give to this day, I, I you know, re-emerge some of those key concepts because, and I read it not, not long ago, so 30 odd years after I entered real estate, and it was like first day in real estate, some of the stuff. So well, if you're a real estate principal and you haven't read the one thing, you should be ashamed of yourself because that is one of the great books for, and also for agents. I mean, but especially if you're running an office, and I know a lot of principals listen to our podcast, um, you know, you really need to be uh, reading that book. And, and So the metaphor, John, in that book, The One Thing, is that at any time you're going to be uh, given the opportunity to make lots of choices, but what is the one thing that if you executed would have the highest return? Biggest difference, yeah. Difference. And he actually uses that same concept and that book was written for that reason. They said, what is the number one thing that Keller Williams can do to get the Keller Williams message out there? And it was to actually write a book that would go and influence tens and tens of thousands of people. Yeah. So yeah, um, really, really outs outs outstanding uh, book. Um, the other one that I, again, because I've just finished reading it for a second time, is Dr. Deepak Chopra. It's the sp seven spiritual laws to success. Yeah, I thought that's an outstanding book. Law of least effort. I remember. Law, not because yeah. I'm lazy, although that's probably a part of it. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think I'm lazy. But law of least effort, which was you know find the way to get to the outcome that is relatively easy. Because a lot yeah. of people complicate. You complicate success. They complicate listings. They complicate ideal weeks. What is the simplest, easiest way to get to your predetermined goals? And Law of Least Efforts, so that was that came out of there, which is really good. Um, you know, what was the quote you said before? Which is the hand that the hand that picks up a book is never the same hand that puts it back down again. Great quote. Um, and we should do a list of these books on your website, right? Yeah, like Tom Panos. So what we'll do is we'll put uh, John um, and and Troy. If I can get your best books, yeah, and I'll I've got them down here, and and, and I'll uh, put down um, because. People are always looking to watch the next great movie, the next great book. So if we can provide something that's been tried and tested that Also, resonated. coming up to Christmas. Christmas is not that far away, and a lot of people sensibly take a couple of weeks off. And even, you know, if you've got family around, there's going to be times when, you know, kids are in the pool and you can sit there by the pool and, and just flick through. And if you can get through, which you can, by the way, two or three books over a Christmas break, not, not as a chore, it should be a pleasure, um, you can change your life. You can come back to real estate in 2016 different to the person that left in 2015, courtesy of two or three books, just some of those ones we were, we've mentioned. So we should get them everyone to go to your website and we'll give you a list. 
The other thing is a similar quote around reading that I remember, and I think Robbins at a seminar early on in my career I went to that he said, person that does not read is no better off than the person who cannot yeah. read. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's powerful. If you have the skill and the gift, which most of us you know, in this country um, and certainly listening to this podcast do, but you don't exercise it, you're no better off than the unfortunate people that have never had the gift of education. Yeah. So I think um, really, really important. So lots of good stuff today, but the, the answer is books change your life. Yeah. Pick them up. Don't be. Don't sort of say, "Well, I, I'm kind of not an academic. I'm not an academic, Tom. Neither are you. Neither is Troy." But we are people that are hungry for information, and we love hearing other people's experiences. And you can pick up a book for 19.95 at an airport, fly from Melbourne to Brisbane, and by the time you're off it, you can have downloaded in your mind or through your ears or through your eyes um, an entire lessons from one of the most successful people on the planet that may have spent 30 years of failure coming up with Warren Buffett investing. Tips for him, if you want to invest, pick up Warren Buffett's book. He's spent you know, half a century learning how to be the world's best investor. You don't have to spend half a century. you just got to pick up his book and read what he does. Same in real estate, same in, in success, same in health, Chopra. So all important stuff. Troy, I think I'm going to... I want to have a, an open board meeting now with you, Tom, about Troy. I want to double his wages. Two coffees. Are you in? Two coffees. Are you in? Are you into it? Let's do it. Uh, look, I, I hate making decisions on the spot. All I'll say is, Troy, you're progressing very well. Well, it's near Christmas time. I think, I, I think we should, in 2016, Troy, we're going to double your wages. Very easy. I just, I just want to, I just want round numbers. I would like two x nothing equals nothing. John, before before we actually sign off anything, I want to make, I want to look very closely at the relationship of Troy Malcolm and Audible dot com. <laughs> yeah, right. I reckon it's something on the side. <laughs> now, by the way, how are our friends in Adelaide? We haven't heard, I haven't heard from Alex and Nathan and Sarah and Phil down in south. I wonder how those guys go. I love those businesses, Harris Real Estate and Owens and Castling. They're, they're, they're special people, and I can tell you right now, <laughs> as our voices are coming through their mobile phones, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah's the one that's on the ball there. Out of everyone there, Sarah, Sarah's <laughs> the one Phil, on the ball. That's for sure. Right? Um, <laughs> Phil, I've got no involvement in this conversation either, just so you know, mate. <laughs> Phil, we care. That's what really matters. Okay, guys, girls, see you hey, next wherever week. you're from, though, wherever you're from, send us a... Um, questions because we love the Q&A stuff absolutely so we get some great questions and I think next week we're going to we're going to handle a couple but uh, you know out there because we have how many listeners now Troy have we got four or five 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 (laughs) listeners okay well we've only heard from three of them so there's two that haven't sent us a question okay please send us a question he just takes it to another level he does all the time thank you to realestate.com.au our very dear sponsors and Tracy's uh, uh, I'm doing a a, a video with Tracy in the next week um, at Melbourne on REA she's she's very impressive and she's coming to um, your office John in about two to three weeks yeah and we're having her on the podcast Mm -hmm. So oh, that's cool. Um, what, what, and what we want to cover is we, we don't want to do an infomercial on realestate.com or domain.com or any of our products. And I definitely don't use the, the platform to do an infomercial on News Corp. But what I will say is that realestate.com have got about five things on their website that can help agents either get a listing, make a sale, or get a vendor to accept the reality of the marketplace. And we're going to drill down and look at those things. With Tracy? That, with Tracy. And in the meantime, um, all those listeners who should be everyone that is on REA, realestate.com.au, 
get your profiles up to date. The same with LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn, well, A, you should be on LinkedIn. There's 7 million professional Australians on LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn and you haven't got an up-to-date photo and bio and description of your job, you know, like, you've got to get up to speed, really. And same with realestate.com.au. Everyone's on it, but not everyone has an up-to-date profile. And, I, you know, I'm banging onto our team all the time about, seriously, it takes you 15 minutes, a bit of effort, you get your profile up to date. So when a potential vendor, which a lot of people now are starting to cull the list of agents by digital presence, they go yeah. to REA and they say, okay, my area is Paddington in Brisbane, so who are the agents that have got most of the listings? And then they're starting to create a shopping list. Then they click onto the agent's profile and they say, oh, Tom Panos has got three or three out of the top five. Have a look at it. And if, you know, if Tom has nothing there, all of a sudden they're thinking, well, you know, is Tom in the game? I don't yeah. know. So people, you know, Steve Carroll from REA talks a lot about the digital interview, and, I, and I'm a firm believer that people are now starting to make many decisions, even if it's not to select the agent, but to shortlist the agents via their digital presence. So really critical. So guys, you know, get onto REA, update your profile, and tune in in a couple of weeks when we have Tracy, Miss Tracy Fellows. Thanks, right. guys. Thank you so much. See you next week. See you, then. See you next week. Bye. Bye.